Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of Property Sourcing Profits Podcast. If you're out there sourcing property for profit, this is the podcast for you. And I've got a good news episode. <laughs> we just, I felt I needed cheering up, don't know how you're feeling this morning, uh, but um, good news. I want to share good news, good news. Deals are getting done, people are earning money, people are getting paid. I want to share it with you. So, good news number one. Uh, I spoke with um, one of our mentees uh, last week, a fantastic young woman, fantastic young woman who's thrown herself into deal packaging, uh, and she's done everything that she's supposed to do. Uh, so she's put herself out there. She's uh, gone onto social media. She's attended virtual events. Uh, she's put herself about. She's gone. She's gone beyond. Gone beyond where I would expect her to go. So she's gone to local business meetings virtually, and now I suppose. Um, in the right circumstances, uh, you can actually go physically to some of them. Um, she's done a really, really great job. And uh, she rang me last week and she said, David, David, I've, I've got a deal agreed with an investor and I've got it with a, an estate agent. We've got it off market. The estate agent's keeping it for me. <laughs> what what fee should I charge? Oh, wow. What a great question. And uh, when you get to that point in the process on your very first deal, it's so exciting. So exciting. So so let's talk about that. So what, what exactly what exactly have, have you found then? Well, I went to um, a, a business network group where I got chatting with this uh, very nice lady who turned out uh, she worked for an organization who's looking for properties. She wants a, a four-bed bungalow. That's what she wants. So this is not to live in, right? This is for tenants. It's for um, a business. Uh, so she wants a four-bed bungalow. Got to be a bungalow. Got to be four-bed. Gave the budget. Um, I went out and spoke to my favorite estate agent who um, I've been talking to quite a lot. And she's the estate agent, she's always been really, really nice and friendly towards me. And guess what? They had one coming to the market. They haven't haven't uh, put it out there yet. They haven't done anything to uh, advertise that it's available. So uh, it, it's just sitting there, right? It's going to come. And um, the estate agent said I could have first go with it. How cool is that? And it's well within my investor's budget. Great. I can see it all coming together. All the bits and pieces are coming. You've got a deal here. You can put it all together. Um, oh, David, I've got one problem, one issue. Oh, I thought we were home and dry. What's your issue? The issue how much should I charge? How much should you charge? Well, okay, let's talk about how much you should charge. So uh, you found a, a four-bit bungalow. Um, you're just going to hand it over to the investor so you haven't got any going forward, any responsibilities in terms of introducing to letting agents and contractors. The, the investor's got all their own contractors. It, that's all in place, right? So all you've done is, is found it and passed it on at the right money. This is finder's fee territory. You just need to charge a fee um, commensurate with the value of the property. You can't charge less than three grand. I mean, regular listeners to this podcast will know that I share that you cannot, cannot charge less than three grand. Don't do that. Even for your first deal, right? Do not do that. Um, so at least three grand. And um, my wonderful young friend said to me, the thing is, David, I don't think I've earned three grand. 
you know, because all I've done is rung my favourite estate agent and they had the property and they're keeping it back and they're not going to market it because uh, I'm going to introduce them to my investor. And, you know, just for making a few phone calls, uh, you're suggesting I could charge three grand? Really? Pause. This is a great mindset breakthrough because, yes, that's exactly what I'm suggesting, right? And uh, here's the truth of it. We don't always expect it to be that easy. It can be that easy, right? But let's just break this down into what our young friend's actually done to earn her money. First of all, she's invested in herself. She's invested in her education, right? Second of all, she's done the hard yard. So I know that she's put direct-to-vendor uh, programs in place. She's had uh, leads coming through that haven't turned into deals. She's learned the hard yards by hitting the phone, hitting the phone, talking to landlords, following up um, HMO lists, uh, doing the rounds of the agents at a time when it was really difficult. I mean, it's getting a little bit easier now talking to agents, okay? I'm not saying they've got a lot of stock, but they are more accessible because the COVID thing is sort of easing down a little bit um, and, and state agents are allowed to do more. So, but, you know, our mentee, our great friend, she went through the hardest time making contacts with agents and, 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 and putting herself out there and doing all of that stuff. So she put herself in a position where one agent, just one, one agent has said to her, yes, I can do that deal, right? So this is not one phone call. This is not a phone call to an agent and then telling the investor about it and then, you know, charging a three grand fee based on making one phone call. What about all the work and the the, the, the hours that have gone into starting to learn your craft and learn your trade and learn who you are as a deal packager and what you can do and how you should value yourself, right? And uh, let's be honest, the investor here is getting a great deal because they're getting exactly the footprint they want in terms of um, accommodation in exactly the right postcode, right? They gave postcodes where, where they could do this. Um, and it's well within their budget. So I would say, I don't know how you're feeling, property sourcing profiteers listening to this, that our our young friend, new to the business, who's put all the hard yards in, worked all the hours, deserves, deserves to get a bit lucky. See, she thinks she's been lucky on this. I don't think she's been lucky at all. You know, I think she's put the hard yards in and deserves a break. It doesn't always have to be difficult. It doesn't always be, uh, you know, getting a deal doesn't always have to be like hair tearingly hard, you know, tooth suckingly difficult. Like you, you got to feel you've done 10 rounds with Mike Tyson to, to justify your fee. No, you've put everything in place. You should be able to cash in on that and charge a fair fee. So has she had the money yet? No, she hasn't. You know where we're up to, right? So it's got to go through legals and this has all got to be done and it's all got to be sorted going forward. But in principle, in principle now, if, if a business is set up that way, there's no reason why a young friend can't send out an invoice for a reservation fee, right? Why not? If she's got everything in place, uh, 1,500 quid in the bank, that's what I would do. Uh, and she ought to do that as well. And then, uh, fingers crossed, the deal will go through and the other 1,500 could all come in at the end of it. So this is good news. Get a deal done from someone new to the industry. How about that?
And uh, I'm going to share a second bit of good news. I am. Some good news. Uh, in that people are out there hungry for deals. We know that. And when we get deals, you can sell them really, really quickly. So some of you will be aware, and I think I've touched on it in other podcast episodes, that I am now working uh, with the wonderful Katie Wilson in terms of sourcing deals, putting deals together, looking after our investors, building our investor database, and building our deal packaging business together. And on Thursday, we had two deals confirmed to us. So they were both about 20% hand on heart below the open market value at the moment. As far as you can tell, what is the open market value? Okay, but you know, I'm not talking above open market value. I'm talking about open market value as seen through an estate agent's eyes. All right, um, and these were twenty percent below, roughly, roughly, hand on heart. Um, clearly, they were because within the day, within the day, and Kate was, you know, at the cutting edge of this. <laughs> I needed my nap and doing other things, right? Uh, Kate was at the, by the end of the day, she'd agreed the sale of both properties to two of our investors from our investor database. Simple as that. Reservation fees have now been paid, and those deals are in legals going through. Okay, so what does that tell us? It tells us there's plenty of money around. If you've been doing what you should have been doing out there, property sourcing profiteers, you should have a small army, at least six to ten investors who are ready to buy your deals. They should be qualified and you've got them ready at the end of a phone call, uh, pick up the phone and sell them your deals. Then all you're looking for the deals. Now, in the current market, that is the that is the difficult part of the equation. You know, I've been packaging deals a long time, and um, it, there's an ebb and flow to this. Sometimes you've got loads of deals, what you think are deals, but you haven't got the people to buy. Sometimes you've got people queuing up to buy, eating themselves, eating each other to get to the front of the queue, right, so they can buy your deals, but you're struggling to find great deals. This is this is called deal packaging. That's what it's called. Okay. So that's kind of where we are at the moment. As soon as a decent deal comes in, we've only got to make a phone call or two and it's gone. So two deals last week, agreed, reservation paid in legals. I have no doubt, no doubt that those deals will go through. Um, I just wanted to share some really good news with you. Why wouldn't I do that? Um, I think it's important you hear the good news as well as the issues. Right, we, we get fed up talking about issues. <laughs> you want to hear about issues. Um, what have I had today as a landlord? Right, so let, I'm going to share this with you. Yeah, I wasn't going to because it's a good news episode. Okay, but as a landlord, these are the issues I've had in by email, phone, stroke, text this morning. Over this last weekend, right? Over this last weekend, it's early, it's on a Tuesday morning here after a bank holiday weekend. That's when I'm recording this. Over this last weekend, I've had water ingress in two properties out of the blue. One was a blocked um, drain, uh, sort of rainwater drain from a flat roof. The other one, we don't know yet. Um, so two, two floods, right? Um, I've had rats in the kitchen, rats in the kitchen. What am I going to do? Yeah, not in my kitchen, one of the tenants' kitchens. <laughs> and what's ticked me off, actually? You know, so rats, occasionally you can get rats in the kitchen, right? You can, 
you know. They get in through the tiniest little holes, you know that. So we've had rats in the kitchen. So I got the pest guy out. He went out 100 miles an hour. No, there's not, well, not been rats in this kitchen yet. Um, really? But the tenant sort of, you know, seen seen the droppings, right? And and they've been nibbling away at little packets around the place. I've now provided the tenant with, um, you know, that hard case uh, containers to put all this stuff in till we get rid of these rats. Got to get rid of these rats. Got to plug up the hole. No, they can't find the hole. But the tenant say, no, there's there's the hole. I found the hole. What we got to do is plug up the hole put some no they're not there i'll tell you what i think they're doing i think they're going up the cavity and they're going to be in the ceiling above the kitchen right and i can't get to them in there this is what the bloke was saying right um they're in the ceiling and they're going to eat their way through the ceiling and they're going to start dropping from the ceiling into the kitchen you know onto the sides onto okay pause i don't know what this guy was on right so I've called another guy, and he's not gone. He's not got there yet at the time of recording this. But I suspect very strongly what we're going to do. And I don't want them to have rats in the kitchen. I don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> I suspect what we're going to do is put some traps down, put some uh, bait down, um, plug up the holes, right, and that will be the end of it. That's what I think. So I've had that, right? Two floods, rats in the kitchen, and uh, this is a first for me. Um, one of my tenants went through to the let- one of my letting agents and said that their daughter has dropped her mobile phone somehow in a in a crack between the fireplace surround. So there's a gas fire with like a mox surround in it, in the living room between the fireplace surround and and the wall. Right? What was the kid doing? <laughs> the kid's phone. So. Um, can we remove, you know, the gas fire in the fireplace so that the kid can get her phone out? Well, I don't know, team. What do you think? Is that? I mean, it's going to be cheaper to get the kid a new phone, right? Well, things happen. Kids play with things. I get it, right? And the phone's behind. And there's probably tears, okay? But I am not going to get a gas safe engineer around to take that gas fire out and the surround. Let me to rescue the kid's phone. I'm not, right? I'd rather buy her a new phone. If she wants a new phone, it's going to be a lot cheaper for me to do that. So there you go. That's some landlord stuff. I knew the whole episode couldn't be happy and smiling and cheerful news all the way. Just some real stuff at the end as a landlord. We'll sort it all out. It's all being sorted out now. Um, good news. If you've got deals out there, people are ready to buy. There's there's huge amount of cash saved up and ready to go people who want to put it into bricks and mortar they're worried about inflation they're worried about their cash get yourself get if you haven't got two or three people who want to invest in your property business in your deals as investors right you've got to get on the phones hit the phones hit social media tell people what you do people will come do like my my friend god bless her she got her first deal we're so excited agreed at the moment Get yourself out there to business meetings, business communities. That's where people have got cash. If they've been working, you know, it's becoming very much a a two sort of tier business community, isn't it? Because over the last 12 months, there are businesses that have suffered so greatly and gone into a huge amount of debt. And we don't know if they're going to open again. We don't know how it's going to be. But in other situations where people have been working and been able to continue their business, they've actually done very well. So there's two tiers here. 
Um, you know, socially, on a conscience level, it's troubling. But in terms of your business, guys, as deal packages, sourcing for fees, um, you've got to got to get into this, right? You've got to get to the people who've been making money, saving money because they couldn't able to spend money. They'll buy your deals, and um, you know, you've got an investor for life there, right? Keep just keep finding them great deals. Okay. That's it. I was going to share some good news. I've got a bit of bad news in there as well. But, yeah, it's all fine. It's all good. It's all a part of property. I'll see you in the next episode when I'll try and find you some great news going forward. We're going to sell all of them. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.